Hey everybody and welcome to Kansas Matters. My name is Dan. I'm Derek. I'm Matt. On today's show we talk about the Republican Health Care Act. Chris Kobach is in the news again and also later on a surprise demonic beheading right here in Wichita. First up on the agenda is the AHCA was passed by the House earlier. As we're sure you heard about many, many times. Uh, We won't stick on this topic too long or go into too much depth describing it. Obviously, we think it's a complete and unmitigated disaster, but we'll see what happens uh, if the Senate is stupid enough to actually pass it. Which it doesn't sound likely, but... But they will still pass something really terrible. Oh, yeah. They'll make it a slightly less terrible and then capture the narrative that, oh, the Senate is so moderate and blah, 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 and it's the House that is crazy and... And then the House will sign whatever the Senate sends back to them. Well, they, they could make it slightly more terrible and then just try to pass it off as being the better of the two options. They could. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at all. But I think that the reason that it kind of affects us is this is the big, for first big vote since Ron Estes uh, started repping us. That's right. His first opportunity to participate. First opportunity to represent Kansas values and show the United States what we're made of. And, of course, he made a total ass of himself. It, yeah, just totally failed. No surprise there. He, he did vote for the bill, and he released a statement about how, quote, Obamacare has unquestionably hurt more people than it has helped, and it has forced Americans to buy insurance they don't like, don't need, and can't afford. I, I never understand this narrative when it comes to Obamacare. Yeah, it's not perfect. People remember how terrible insurance was before Obamacare, right? Uh, I don't... It, Republican politicians either... Don't remember, or they're just blatantly lying to people. Like, yeah, it has to be. Every study has shown that rates were increasing faster before Obamacare came in. Yeah. Every state that did not expand Medicaid has fared worse for it, including Kansas. It's well, not to mention the fact that you couldn't get anything covered. Yeah. Even if you had insurance and you paid decent rates on it, like it was worthless. They would fight tooth and nail exactly. to stop you, and they would find every reason possible, whether it was pre-existing conditions or otherwise. Mm-hmm. And it's like we want to return to this. I think the the trick is to that anyone who does benefit from Obamacare just make them not able to vote. <laughs> That's what they're trying to do. <laughs> so I don't. So I guess I don't. I still don't understand how we as a country can't get to the point uh, when it comes to health care of if everybody in the country, in their taxes or whatever, pays. Probably less than most people pay right now for their monthly for for their premiums, all right. That everybody can be covered, no questions asked for everything. That's because you have one party who doesn't want what's best for the American people. It, period. Right. That I mean, the whole reason they passed this health care repeal is actually so they can give what is it eight hundred billion dollars in tax cuts, yeah. uh, almost entirely to millionaires, and by taking it away from Medicaid, you literally are robbing the poor. And dying and sick and handing it to millionaires. Absolutely. Like, that is exactly what he's doing. And another thing that was infuriating about Estes' statement is he talked about how the only reason his race was so close is because uh, people were upset with Republicans for their unwillingness to pass Obamacare, or pass the Obamacare repeal the first time. Right. He said basically the Republicans were mad and weren't willing to come out and vote for him, which is... Nowhere even close to the yeah, situation. Yeah, Ron, Ron if you're listening to this, which you should be because these are your constituents that you now <laughs> represent, uh, no, you're wrong. <laughs> we, people, the, the race was closest because people wanted Thompson. Yeah, and we hate you. Yeah, we, yeah, well, <laughs> it's true. 
Thoughts? Uh, no, I, I think you guys covered it. You, you, you didn't want to chime in on how much you hate Ron Estes? I'm surprised. No, I don't, I don't need to <laughs> jump. It, the whistle's been blown. You tackled him. Yeah, I don't know. Sure, sure. So, uh, so I mean, uh, how did, does this really affect this, this, this health care bill? I mean, does it really affect us here in Kansas? We didn't take the Medicaid expansion. Um, so oh, Obamacare will, has been, you know, it hasn't been great here in Kansas anyway because of that. It'll definitely affect us. I mean, if if it passes in its current form, I would put, I would bet a thousand dollars that Kansas will be one of the states to no longer cover pre-existing conditions because that's one of the things. Is states have the option to no longer cover that, and Kansas doesn't care about its citizens, so no. you know they're going to do that. And the other thing is, it even changes employee provided health care and says that there are now employer-provided, empl- employer yeah, sorry, that they are allowed to put in limitations on how much you're allowed to uh, benefit from insurance every year, a, a cap on the amount that insurance will pay out if employers want to do that. Mm-hmm. And so even uh, those of us in Kansas who have, you know, decent plans provided through our employers may see those uh, benefits reduced as well. So in this dystopian future of 2018, which is likely to happen, say the Senate passes something that's at least similar to this along the same lines, or at least has a lot of the provisions in it that we don't like, which is probably more likely than not, I'd say, at this point. Um, like a repeal? You think a repeal in the, in the Senate? Well, I guess what I'm wondering is is that if Obamacare gets ends up being repealed and replaced with this Trump care or Republican care or anti-Robin Hood care. I don't know what you call it. It's just a tax code. I'm, it's not even health. They're not trying to provide health care. It's a no, tax code no. for the rich. But I mean, so so the Republican Party, ever since Obamacare got passed, spent how many votes and took it to the, all the way to the Supreme Court twice? Once? I know once at least to try to get it repealed. Is there Are, are there avenues that we know of for this? Is there talk already about how to put a stop to this if it ends up getting passed? Other than, you know, voting in sensible, sane people in the midterms? I've not heard anything about a legal avenue to stopping it. Yeah. It, it just, I mean, they just, like It's I said, basically taking away protections that we put in place, and there's no, you know, there's no laws, there's no constitutional requirement to have those protections. Obviously, everybody would have had them before. No, I think, I think we're, we're screwed until we flip the House and hopefully Congress eventually hopefully so i mean i'm hoping that some other unrelated items will bring enough heat onto the republican party as a whole um russia uh that they will lose the political will to uh rob what is it estimated to be like 24 million people of their well, health I, insurance I, I, yeah. I don't know that the congressional budget office has done an analysis in the most recent one yeah well they have I mean, right i mean they haven't they didn't when they passed this and they haven't finished their analysis yet right, right as right. far as we know i think they were i heard that they were trying to get it by the end of the month by the end of the month which oh. why would you pass something without knowing its effects oh, wait a second so you're telling me that <laughs> you, you're, you're asking a sensible question of why would they rush this bill through which is exactly what they blamed uh democrats doing with obamacare even though it took what over a year yeah. And then end up passing it. So, yeah, why why would they? Why would they rush this through? Other than the fact to make it look like a win. Couldn't even get it done within Trump's first 100 days. And then they turn around and they wanted to try to claim this as a win. And it kind of blew up in their face. Could be perhaps that it has like a 27% approval rating among the public. Maybe <laughs> they want to just shove it through. Get those tax cuts handled and let that be that. So what do we do? 
about this in this case. I mean, obviously calling our representatives doesn't work. Like you said, there's 27% approval for this. You would think that if this party was putting the country ahead of the Republican Party or politics or whatever, that they would, again, scrap it like they did the last time this came up a few months ago. I think the best reaction is to help Democrats win seats in 2018. So that that's so. I think that's our recourse. I think you let them know that you're displeased with them. Mm-hmm. I think at this point they're not going to listen. I mean, Republicans have been canceling town halls left and right. Yeah. And uh, does it does it help to keep calling? Does it help to keep sending emails? It doesn't hurt, but it doesn't hurt. You know, start putting your efforts towards helping get to more Democrats elected. It's never too early. Absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah. O- always try to keep in contact if you can in any way. Uh, I, I I would recommend. I mean, you never know who's who's gonna have. It's just so frustrating, right? I, yeah, no, it definitely is. Like it's so frustrating when when nobody wants this, and yet yeah. it still gets passed. I mean, even if it's a small margin, it should at the very least be a small margin the other way where it doesn't get passed. Well, oh, yeah. No. Well. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, talking about elections uh, kind of brings us into our, this this, uh, this next topic, if you guys don't mind switching over. Um, tag offices. This has been something that you've been interested in, and we're talking about getting Democrats elected. Yeah, so one of the main avenues of voter suppression that we've seen across the nation is uh, reducing access to polling, to the ability to cast a vote. And in Kansas, where they've passed strict voter ID laws, uh, obviously, the easiest way to get your government-issued ID is through the tag office. And they are talking now about having halving one-half the uh, number of current tag offices, in just in the Sedgwick County alone. And that's, I, I mean, we, we've gone over it a hundred times, but reducing access makes it more difficult for lower-income people to vote, to get an ID and to vote. Absolutely. This is one of a multi-pronged attack on voter rights in America, spearheaded by Chris Kobach. First, you pass the voter ID laws that make it hard to vote, and statistically, black people and other minorities are less likely to already have a photo ID than white Americans. And then you uh, reduce the number of places that they're able to get those IDs. And so even if it's cheap and even if they would be able to get it, if you, they have to drive 35 minutes across town now and they have to go to a place that's only open four hours a week, and as in uh, there are places in uh, Minnesota that have those. Mm-hmm. like, uh, And so th- this is a problem. And they're talking about how they want to do it to save money. I was going to ask, like, what what are their specific, um, like, do they have, like, budgets and everything or, or, you know, drawn up to show how much they'd save? By they, closing these, or they're estimating that it would save one hundred fifty thousand dollars annually to okay. close to these offices, which doesn't seem that significant to me in no, terms of really. a total city budget. Well, why? Why or now? County budget. Why, why close these now? Is my question. Uh, it's not like the economy, local economy, is all of a sudden tanked and they have no sources of revenue. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just all of a sudden oh, we need to close two tag offices because. To save money for some reason. Yeah. And what's crazy is part of their reason that they're spending so much money, they said, is because they're having to pay a lot of overtime hours because so many people are using the tag offices. And so I don't really understand how 
Reducing the number of tag offices will help that problem. Yeah, that, that sounds like you're going to pay more overtime to fewer places. It sure as heck sounds like that to me. And I mean, already, if you live, like, say, here in Wichita, people will tell you, go to Andover. Go to, like, you know, other places that don't go to the tag offices here because it's always so busy and crowded. Yeah. All right, so what is the benefit of closing? It doesn't make any sense at all. Well, just like the healthcare debate, if you're looking to make sense and you're looking to benefit the citizens, don't look to what Republicans are doing. No. They, I mean, this is entirely an effort to uh, reduce the number of eligible voters so that they can maintain their power and they, it's under the guise of saving money. Yeah, that's... Not uh... providing a, a good service to their constituents. Hmm. Is this a state-level budget cut or a... County. County-level. It's not even a budget cut. It's just they're choosing to they're do choosing. this. I, I, there's no mandate to, like, break even or anything. It's just they want to... And you said they're, they're cutting the number in half. Do we know which offices they're talking about closing? So far... So there's there's four um, tag agencies in the county. One in northwest Wichita, one downtown, one in northeast Wichita, and one in Derby. Okay. And they're talking about closing the Northwest and Derby offices and moving the East office somewhere. They haven't decided where. Didn't they just open a bigger tag office uh, near Fringe University? Uh, that might be the one that's downtown. See, and I, there was one that's downtown that was on um, it's Murdoch. Douglas, Douglas and Meridian is the... Okay, one. I was thinking of something else then. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe the DMV or something. Um, it's nuts. Yeah, it's garbage. So uh, this looks like... It is our Cedric County treasurer who's been proposing this plan, and so I'm sure her uh, information can be accessed online. Her name is Linda Kizir, mm-hmm. and so, you know, maybe, I bet she does not get a lot of uh, contact from constituents. Probably not. So, where does she, uh, how, how does she, how did she come to her office? Was she elected? Yeah, was she elected? Was she appointed? Probably elected. I'm not sure, though. Okay. I'll look that up. Uh, I'm always suspicious of, of stuff that goes on at the, uh, at the county level. Yeah, um, I'm sure her county uh, contact information is available online, and so, you know, I bet if she gets a, a half dozen or a dozen emails on one subject, that's probably the most she's <laughs> heard from her <laughs> yeah. constituents ever, and so hope, maybe we can change some minds. This is how you uh, get shit done on a local yep. level. Absolutely. So I'll be contacting her. I urge everyone else to look up her information. That's Linda Kizire. And so... Uh, yeah, we, we were talking earlier about what to do on, on the healthcare issue, which is a big topic and a very important one. Um, but in terms of things that you're able to put political pressure to, uh, local issues like this, like like closing tag offices, uh, are also very important, but also you have a say in this like like Derek said this this woman might get 10 emails hmm. from, from constituents you know <laughs> who knows yeah but but like to to that effect I, one time I, I emailed my city councilwoman and I, I got a response not only from her but from the uh, chief information officer for the city that's how few times <laughs> people, people they're like, oh, we need to respond to this. Everyone's like, red alert, we got an email. 
So. Well, and I'm sure most people see this news, something like the tag office is closing, and just kind of think, oh, well, that's obnoxious. Now I'm going to have to find someplace else to get my... Without even thinking about the voting, uh, like the voter registration issue. Yeah, and you got to think like the downstream impact of this stuff, too. So say they do this now, and they close two offices, and that means, I don't know, 5,000 fewer people are able to get the proper identification to vote in 2018. And of those 5,000, because they... Uh, disproportionately affect certain groups of people, maybe 4,000 of those are Democrats. That is more than the margin of victory in some of the races here. Yeah, absolutely. And so there you go. That, that, that is how voter suppression is done. It's under the guise of saving money or uh, preventing voter fraud or whatever. And then, oh, what do you know? Black people or students or the poor are disproportionately affected and we just made Republicans win. Absolutely. So when I was help uh, fight this. Yeah, for sure. When I was a, speaking of students, because you don't even think about that sometimes, but like when I was in Hayes going to school at FHSU, the the, the county clerk that the election officer, the like the, the main election officer there mm-hmm. hated students. <laughs> She, she would rail constantly. She never, nobody ever ran against her, but she would rail constantly about how students shouldn't be allowed to vote in Ellis County because they're not really citizens of Ellis County. That's ridiculous. Even though they're there for four years at minimum, you know, more, uh, more than likely, they spend a ton of money in the county while they're there. Uh, it was it was ridiculous. It was really bad. So, I mean, you don't, that's another thing people might not think of, but like students... You know, that they, they're affected by this kind of stuff mm-hmm. yeah. all the time. What's, and you want to talk about more proof that it's targeted. In states like Texas, where they have voter ID laws, uh, student ID does not is not considered an eligible form of photo ID, but an NRA membership card is. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I mean, if you're going to have one and not others, then that's fine, but you can't. No. It's and then blat- I mean, that's blatantly crazy. allowing groups that are likely to be Republican to count. And yeah, that's nuts. Vice versa. We have the king of voter suppression right here in our wonderful Sunflower State, Mr. Kobach. And he's been in the news again, uh, both at the local level and at the national level. Yeah, he's blowing up. Yeah. Do you want to talk about this one? I feel like I've been talking a lot. Could he not blow up? Can we Can we just say this? Can he just stop? Contain, contain the Kobach. I'm tired of hearing of Kobach. It's like an outbreak. <laughs> we need a quarantine. Keep him here in Kansas. Kobachitis. He's spreading to the entire United States. <laughs> Mind. We're trying to help you people. Yeah, so, so Trump created a special commission for this guy, uh, for, specifically for him. Yeah, we felt bad for him because uh, he, he went to meet with Trump and came, came away with nothing. And, uh, and I, guess, I guess Trump uh, finally caved and created a special commission for him to head. Tell, tell me more about this because I, I just recently read about the special commission that he's heading up. What's, what's the deal with it? What's it supposed to be for? Well, just like in Kansas, uh, voter fraud is, is rampant all across, all across the United States. I'm sorry, eye rolls don't really work well on a podcast, <laughs> but I just had an Anderson Cooper level eye roll. Well, we all, we all are aware that three million illegals voted for Hillary Clinton in yes. California alone. So Kobach is the, the only um, Secretary of State uh, in, in our entire country who has the ability to prosecute voter fraud. And he's... Which is an ability that he granted himself yeah. this year in Kansas. <laughs> and he's gone on to prosecute nine, I believe? Nine. People? Which is impressive to Trump, apparently. 
Because so, he's, he's... That's higher than he can count. <laughs> <laughs> On his he has tight... to use two hands. I know, his, the fingers are so small. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah so uh, I didn't read uh, too much in depth in this, but I, but I, I know that Cobalt's um, already been in, involved kind of nationwide with his cross-check technology. What, is it called cross-check? Cross-check, yeah. Yeah, which uh, enables or is supposed to enable someone to find duplicate voting instances. So, like, if someone voted in Texas and voted in Kansas, uh, it'll show up on cross-check. And, and, but it gives false positives. All the time. Mostly yeah. it gives false positives. <laughs> Half the states that have chosen to adopt it have already abandoned it because they, it gave so many false positives. Other states have chosen to use those false positives as an excuse to remove people from the voting rolls, and what do you know? They don't get to vote. And is this because we have commonly common names, commonly used names across the country? Perhaps. And it's just kind of deeming everybody? I'm sorry, John Smith already voted. <sighs> John Smith voted 100,000 times in we the last... We need to prosecute <laughs> this guy. This guy's gone crazy. Yeah, this this thing is a freaking joke. So, it, yeah, it's a panel to investigate voter fraud, they said. And on the radio, they were talking about how voter rolls are going to be a big part of that effort. Which, yeah, voter rolls probably stay outdated for a while. Dead people are on them because people die. And after they die, they're not courteous enough to request that they be removed from the voter rolls. Um, so explain then, just in case we have people that aren't that don't know what voter, voter rolls are, they're the listing of all the registered voters in a given county, state. They probably keep it at multiple levels. Multiple levels. Um, I don't know. I know that you know once you move, a lot of times people will file a new registration at their new location, but um, a lot of places don't go and remove your old one. So you, mm. I, I may be on three different voter rolls, or I may be on the voter roll three different times here in Kansas for moving three times. And so I would, under Cobox's uh, system, I would probably be flagged for voter fraud. Just for moving your address? Could be. Okay. Could be. It's, I mean, you know, who knows? Who knows how it works? I'm sure all the uh, coding is proprietary, but... But this is part of what they want to do then, is to go through and sort of purge these voter rolls? That, that's what they've done in the past. And Trump is setting up this panel, which will presumably lead to an effort like that on the national level. If not, national voter ID laws, which would be scary. So is this uh, states' rights, small government, uh, Republicanism that we're seeing? Yeah. Yeah? The usual. It's whatever level, level of government you control, that's, that's how much power you think uh, should be... Uh, <laughs> Wielded in the hands of a single party. Is, 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 that, is that usually how it goes? Yeah. Okay. All right. This, this I mean, this is kind of get, getting overshadowed by all the other uh, stuff in the news right now, but this could end up having massive implications for the country. Yeah. Because the, uh, we've talked about this every week probably. Like, this is their MO. They, they get the power and then they change the rules to the, so that they can maintain that power. And they do it by suppressing people's ability to vote. And it's hard to get out the vote if you can't get out and vote. Yeah. Yeah, if, they, if you have to jump through ten hoops instead of two in order to register to vote, then that's going to keep a lot of people from doing it. And, and we seem to just have roadblocks set up to voting constantly, whether it's not having a national day off or like a, a holiday for election day or like these, you know, kind of like voter uh, suppression techniques. It's 
It's crazy. It's like the one thing everybody says you're supposed to do is the one thing that seems to be kind of difficult to do. And of course, we have to have some measure of security, but given how many what uh, fraudulent votes that we've had like in this country, I mean, minuscule amount, right? Statistically insignificant. Yeah, statistically insignificant. So, (laughs) I mean, yes, I agree that at some point we have to, you know, have like some kind of form of, you have to have this in order to be able to vote, but shouldn't we make it easy for citizens to get whatever that is, whether it's an ID or... Well, I mean, Kobach says just the opposite. Well, what... To, to those people who uh, lost their registration because they hadn't voted, um, I, it was like, if you hadn't voted in the last two elections, I don't, I don't know if you all remember this, but uh, the Secretary of State took you off of the voter registration list. That seems extraordinarily illegal. It didn't bother letting people know about it. <laughs> Did, yeah, it didn't let anyone know about it. You didn't know until, until you, you went to the voting booth and you tried to vote. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people who are like, well, I'm a first-time voter. You know, like, you hear that every now and then. Like, you're the first person I voted for because I didn't believe. That person that registered to vote way long ago and just was finally inspired to vote, shows up at the voting booth, and turns out they're not registered to vote anymore. Because you got to keep the boogeyman out. Yeah. Voter fraud. And what, what kind of faith does that person have in the system that all of a sudden now they want to vote for the first time ever? And they can't because of who got elected. <laughs> That's infuriating. And, and this, these were thousands of people, right? It, it's not... Uh, it was over 10,000 people who, who were just wiped off the, off the voting rolls. That's insane. Because of the fear of nine... It turned out nine people... So uh, this is another... <laughs> to me, this is another thing like they say, oh, we need to save money. Oh, we need to uh, watch out for the voter fraud. They know what they're doing. Yeah. And, and in fact, there have been Republicans that have admitted it publicly. Like when they passed strict voter ID laws in Wisconsin, they said that we just won Republicans the governorship again. Right. Like they know what they're doing. They don't think that there's rampant voter fraud. That is a straw man that they produce to do this. And so it. If you believe I, I know that, I, you're you're either not paying attention. Or you're an idiot. You're falling for the pro- <laughs> you're falling for the propaganda. I mean, like, is that what it is? Is that what it boils down to? Is like we hear about these tactics, like removing people who haven't voted in like the last he, two elections. And you know what how he is that, said? How do you how do you uh, feed that to people? Well, you know what he said in response to that was, "Well, those people weren't going to vote anyway." That's what what kind of outlook is that? Like this isn't someone who wants to encourage people to vote. It's quite the opposite. Yeah, it's horrible. It's completely infuriating. But the good news, well, I say good, there, there is potentially light at the end of this Kobach tunnel. Um, t- by tomorrow, he's supposed to turn over his uh, paperwork that he got photographed with Trump holding um, for the lawsuit that the ACLU is holding or is conducting against him um, because they think that he's going to try and do unconstitutional things to voters across the nation, which is what he's doing. So, so by tomorrow, we potentially could see this information uh, as a public. Potentially. I mean, Kobach is like a master at playing drag ass and drawing <laughs> things out as long as possible. It seems like it. This is our sixth episode, and I feel like we've been talking about this for almost all six of the episodes. Like, <laughs> Yeah, we thought we would do it by the second off. episode, but <laughs> it's infuriating. He definitely has Trump style. Just, it just, he's constantly 
doing something shitty. Yeah. He was, uh, <laughs> there's a debate podcast I listened to that he was on the other day, and it was, uh, oh, who is it was pretty funny. Intelligence, Intelligence Squared. Squared. Yeah, and he was the only person who was consistently siding with Trump on everything, and uh, a lot of the other panelists made fun of him. It was pretty satisfying listening Probably. to him get ripped into by a bunch of other intelligent people. right now. Well, and he has to side with Trump on everything, because it He's seems like dog. if you side with, against Trump on one thing, you're out. You're fired. You're totally gone. You're fired. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, we'll see what happens with that lawsuit. I'm not going to hold my breath, I think. I would not. I literally would not put it past him at all to f- completely fabricate data yeah. and say this is what it was. I mean, it, it, we'll see. I, I'm not optimistic, but I would like to be pleasantly surprised tomorrow. All right, so tomorrow we're hoping to see at least here that he turned it over if we don't actually get to see. Oh, I'm sure we won't be able to see it, but... <laughs> well, once they, if they submit it in, as evidence, then it becomes part of the public re- record, right? Potentially. Okay, so maybe. Maybe we'll be able to find a way. Yeah. All right. So... There's one other uh, exciting story that has an undeniable Kansas flavor to it that we were wanting to talk about this week, um, which is someone was beheaded recently. Some poor soul um, in Wichita uh, was beheaded by her boyfriend, or her her son's girl girlfriend or ex-wife or something. Her son's girlfriend, yeah. Um, yeah. And that we're not going to spend too much time on the beheading itself. No, we don't have to name names or anything either. But this <laughs> this caught my imagination like you read about i mean i went diving into a rabbit hole after reading and i'm gonna i'm gonna pitch this to kansas.com has an awesome article uh it was a uh, pastor was assessing woman for demons just days before decapitation that's what it was called by oliver morrison please go check it out because a portion of the article was about this lady this 65 year old woman who police say was decapitated in her garage by her son's girlfriend for believing that she was possessed by a demon. And previously, she had reached out to a pastor from Summit Church here in Wichita. It was a week ago, a week before the beheading, wasn't it? Right, right. Right, had, right before it. Yeah, who he, had begun... He's, he's the one who, who uh, came out and said that she, she, she might be uh, possessed, right? It wasn't the lady herself, I don't think. Well, I think that... So the lady herself originally yeah, came to looked... Her for an exorcist or where she could get an exorcism because she believed that she was. And then it sounds like that he wasn't able to tell during their first visit. So I I don't know how familiar you guys are with modern day exorcism. Not as familiar as you probably. No, so there's an awesome uh, piece on uh, Sunday morning a few weeks ago. Uh, Actually, it was a few months ago. It was before the show started on on Fox. And it was about modern day exorcism. It was basically with the Catholic Church. They still have a small amount of, of people who practice exorcisms and what they mainly do is they go and talk to people who believe that they might be possessed or family members who they believe might be possessed and they kind of talk with them study them determine if it's a mental issue uh if they need to receive receive like medical help or if it's a legitimate possession demon demon possession now there's of course no hard proof for this this is all based on wait hold on you're telling me that Looking for demons and people in performing exorcisms is not a hard science? Uh, yes, that is exactly what I'm talking about. Wow. Well, <laughs> I know, I know, it's shocking. It's right? really surprising to me. <laughs> but, I mean, so, but the Catholic Church, actually, in this realm, seems to have sort of a very 
moderate outlook on this. They they perform and they consider very few cases to actually be legitimate exorcisms. This gentleman here at Summit Church is not one of those moderate people, Catholic uh, priests. This this person is. Wait, a, is hold on, we're calling <laughs> we're calling people who. Never mind. I know, no, I know. <laughs> he, he, moderate was you. It's I okay. know. Go on. We're on, on a different scale so, here. So, so Pastor Fox is a Protestant uh, pastor, and he strongly believes in the paranormal. Well, uh, one of the things that cracked me up is uh, when I described him going through the house to look for is you got to look for subtle signs like uh, upside down crosses, upside down crosses. crosses. Yep. <laughs> or what else? Uh, demonic tattoos, yep. I believe, was another. That was criteria. another one uh, to see if uh, it, to ask if they had been practicing in the occult. Did recently. you maybe set up a summoning circle? <laughs> exactly. Maybe like cut your hand and pour it on a I don't know baby. <laughs> it's crazy, but this is going on. I mean, this church here in Wichita has a paranormal investigative unit. Someone's got to do it, man. So, somebody's got to do it. I'm just glad good. that there's someone out there protecting us against the demons in Wichita. But he missed. He clearly missed one. He he obviously missed this one, and I don't think it was the lady that got decapitated. I think it was the lady who did the decapitation. I think she might have been the one that was possessed. Because that's crazy. That's the who would do that. That's the twist. How, how, how do you get to that point where in your head you're like, the only rational course of action at this point is to decapitate this person? No, no, no. You use that word rational. <laughs> this, I mean, this woman, I, I hate to make fun of her, she was obviously completely out of her mind. Like, Absolutely. She, you don't decapitate someone unless you have a mental disorder. I'm going to go and ahead. I'll go out on a limb and say that. And I know we've been kind of laughing about the possession part. It's horrible. Like, the fact that this lady got decapitated is... Terrible. Yeah, I think we went full circle on the healthcare thing. <laughs> like, mental health is, is, is something that should definitely be covered uh, so mm-hmm. people don't get decapitated. Unless uh, unless this is the Senate's new healthcare plan. Say, you save right? money on the AHCA by instead of providing mental health services, you provide exorcism services. Exactly. And that way we can fund more tax dollars into the church. Uh, I, you know what? It sounds... Like a strong solution. We can call up our senators, let them know. I'm sure that they'll vote for it in a heartbeat. So, uh, yeah, this is just the like like you said, the idea of people that are out there that believe in this thing to such a degree. Well, it was so you you were amused by it, but I was actually pretty annoyed by the article. Yeah, it it provided an uncontested view of this worldview that. And provided as if it were completely factual, like this is how he goes about his job, these are the things he looks for. You know, you're not describing a freaking uh, exterminator, you know, and how he finds termites. Like, there's no basis in reality for anything that he does. It's a freaking scam. Well, we, and, okay, and, and this is, this gets to like the meat of a big issue just in general. In the United States, is if you, if you have a belief in something, that is sacred, right? It's considered legitimate. Yes, right? if it's a belief you hold, uh, then then that's something that can, cannot be uh, fact checked. You know, you you can't say this is wrong. You know, you can you can believe that your premium maybe create a, a religion around your premiums are going up, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, and and then all of a sudden you cornered the media into like. You, you can't contest this, is my belief. Oh, this, yeah. this guy needs equal airtime. Yeah. 
better equal air time. The but climate change is not real. That's the thing. That's why this this fascinated me. Is this this was written in the same way? And there's a lot of information here about why people believe in this kind, of, or you know maybe how they get to that point. But this is what fascinated me is that it was written as if we were writing a climate change article from the point of view of only denying and not. Yeah. yeah, the other like the other side, or a fracking article that was all about the benefits of fracking and had nothing to do with the negatives. Th- this lady it. should have been referred to a mental health professional. Absolutely, as, as soon as she arrived on the scene and started talking about. Oh yeah, I feel, I, like mean, the, I feel like the ethical thing to do is if someone calls and requests uh, to be surveyed for an exorcism, is maybe just forward them to. Yeah, like <laughs> well, let, let me continue yeah. investigating this. Before I recommend an exorcism or not. Yeah. And there was a number of people that failed this lady. I mean, the friend that she asked where she could get some of the information for somebody that could perform an exorcist, that person should have put the police, contacted the police or some kind of like, you know, mental institution. I promise, if you guys ever come to me asking me where you can get an exorcism done, my first call is to the cops. Like, this person's cray cray. It's for your own benefit. I mean, what if what if it's a legitimate demon, though? I mean, the church has a way of shutting that whole type of thing down. If it's a legitimate demon, I'll be here with a camera ready to film it. <laughs> you better believe it. So, I've, like I said before, I've been watching X-Files and Supernatural and all. I've been training my whole life for this stuff. If this stuff is real, <laughs> I'm there. So, uh, just so. a quintessential Kansas story. That really is. And infuriating small town. Well, Wichita's not really a small town. Infuriating journalism by. Uh, I liked it. I thought the article. I know you didn't like. It. I thought the article was great. I thought it was a really it's really do interesting. It's gonna a lot of harm read. because people are gonna see that and it's gonna. They're gonna say, "Oh, maybe I should get an exorcism instead of uh, get my house checked for a gas leak." I'll be. I'll be honest. I hadn't thought about that. The the fact that it could do so much harm. I just kind of assumed that people read it like I did. As sort of a morbid fascination, and not a legitimate thing. I just feel like you, there's some journalistic imperative to at least say, "Oh, by the way, this is all bullshit. This is like a, a human interest piece, you know, not an actual thing that you should ever pursue." Sure. Yeah, or or at least get someone else on the record saying saying as much. You yeah. know, you can be fair and balanced just like maybe go to someone who doesn't believe in exorcism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, I would be fine with that as well. Just uh, something. So then Derek's point of view would be don't go find this article. Oh, it's not <laughs> I no, say you read must it. educate yourself. Whereas mine is read it because it's fascinating. But now that you said that, please don't take it as truth. Read it. And then don't ever request an exorcist Please. in your life. Yes. <laughs> no. I, I read it incredulously, like, wow. Well, there, I, there's I kept, a church that does this shit. I kept thinking, like, okay. First of all, I thought the piece was satire. And then... <laughs> and then I, as I read it, I was You like, went through, like, different stages. Of... <laughs> stages of infuriation. <laughs> I, I read it more, and I was like, okay... When are they going to mention that this is all crap? But it's a it's a huge article. It's yeah. so long, especially for for the Eagle. Like, I've never I seen them go that in depth on anything. I felt like, like it was a New York Times piece. It'll be like a paragraph on like yeah, the schools are losing funding, you know, yeah. and, and then like 
Oh my god, an exorcism. Someone blew their entire yearly investigative journalism budget. <laughs> I feel like that was shit. the case because like they wanted to talk about how like Pentecostalism is on the rise and that's what's leading to more Protestant churches believing in this stuff. And I was just like, this is fascinating. What? I learned they're more like, reading that article than I have any other witch study like, article that I've ever read. They have to compete for market share now for the with the Pentecostals? Apparently, yeah. Oh Dude, the demons God. are diversifying. <laughs> it's not just the Catholics anymore. I'm oh, serious, shit. but you if you listen to the Catholics talk, they're like, eh, it's a little silly that we still do this stuff. We have some money in the corner just in case it really happens. Catholics are surprisingly open to science. Yeah, absolutely. They, I mean, the Pope has said that evolution is real and mm-hmm. the Big Bang is real. No, yeah, that article. Oh, I, the, the, the twist never came. It was so serious. <laughs> you were waiting for it the whole time. <laughs> Did they give you a phone number if you wanted to, like, become a member of the church? Or... No, no, they didn't do that, but, I mean, it made me go to the website and look at it. I went as well. I got admit, I, I was like, do they have, like, a, a summer camp? You know, How long does it take to get your exorcism license? Yeah, I know. I was like, how much does it cost? <laughs> All right. We'll see you uh, lovely people next time on Kansas Matters. Yep. Bye. Good luck. (laughs)